I'll say a brief word about my departure uh, to start with today. And I just, I guess I would boil it down to, I just want to express my gratitude for being here, uh, the opportunity to serve here these last uh, months, years. I'm grateful for the time I've had with you. It's been a blessing to me, a time of formation, as every time is for us. And I'm grateful for your graciousness in the way that you've co cooperated with my leadership. And I will continue to pray for you, this community, um, as I serve now on a different assignment. And please accept my apologies sincerely for any times when I have not been a good father. Know that it has been my desire to serve you and love you as Christ has. But I will be the first to acknowledge that I have often fallen short. Nevertheless, I do trust in God's great mercy. And likewise, I, it's been a blessing to have Father Anthony here with me these last two weeks. It's an um, uncommon opportunity that we have the, these last few weeks. Usually, we ships in the night, you just pass, and here's the keys, and good luck, you know, sort of thing. So it's been really good to have these weeks with you and to, to see even your own desire for serving here, to, to see that. So thank you for your willingness to be here with me. St. Paul today, in his letter to the Philippians, expresses an important Christian theme to us. He gets at this idea that we are helpless to save ourselves from death, from sin, from suffering, from all the kinds of things that seem repugnant to us. And as much as we try to avoid them, they creep into our lives in some form or fashion. In one way or another, we face these trials. No matter how much we gain worldly status, or how wealthy we become, or how healthy we are, or once were, no matter how much honor we are given, in the end, we can't escape our human frailty and our human fallenness. It's one of those things that we wrestle with our whole life. And it's only through participation in Christ's life, by the power of Jesus, that we can overcome all of these forces that otherwise bring about our destruction. The gospel today is one of, we probably know well, you know, it's a, we can probably picture the scene. Jesus is there, he's confronted by that unruly mob who are looking for blood. They cast this poor girl before him, openly threatening to stone her. And they confront Jesus as well. They say, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. What do you say? You can see they're, they're trying to create a controversy. And in some sense, these men are not wrong. That is indeed what the law says. Death is the punishment for adultery in the Mosaic law. It's easy to, to stand apart from this scene and consider it as a bystander. But let me suggest a slight alteration of the scene. Consider the same scene, Jesus is still the judge, but now, instead of the mob, think of Satan and his minions. These devils call before Jesus' humanity and point out the sins of each one of us. They loudly speak about the law and point out every infraction of the law that we have committed. And now place yourself in the place of that woman. If I place myself there, what can I say? I too have sinned. I too merit death by the law. I have broken the commandments. I'm not free from wrongdoing. And at our judgment, at the end of our lives, like that woman, 
we will be powerless to mount any kind of defense against our accusers. We'll be unable to hide our sins. The devil and his minions mean to, to lead us to death. They hope to destroy us. That is their work. And only Jesus can save us. He's our advocate. And this is what I can tell you. Jesus is the one who will save you. Nothing else will. Not our wealth. Not our good looks. Not our good deeds. Or our many friends. Nothing. No one else but Jesus can save you. It is Jesus and Jesus alone who saves us from what otherwise would be our horrible fate. Alone, by ourselves, we would belong to the devil. Jesus is the one, the only one, who can take us out of his evil grip. He alone can save us from the hatred and the viciousness of the devil, the father of lies. He will twist and distort the truth. He will sell us a lie, first to entrap us in sin, and then in the lie that we cannot be forgiven. That's his game. But Jesus comes to our rescue, like he did for the woman in the gospel. Now for the crowd, she was a tool, a tool to trap Jesus. She was disposable, and they would willingly have sacrificed her. But to Jesus, she was someone worth dying for. He does the same for us. That is why I say to you, follow Jesus. Come to Jesus. Go to Jesus. He's our hope. He is our salvation. Without him, we have no hope. Jesus doesn't say that adultery isn't sin. So he doesn't go that way. Neither does he say, though, or deny the fact that the penalty is death. What he does do is he reserves that right to punish to the one who has no sin. Let the one among you who, has, who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. In other words, Jesus reserves this judgment and the carrying out of punishment to himself. But instead of inflicting that punishment on us, he takes it upon himself. Listen again to that closing dialogue from the passage that we heard in the Gospel today. Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir. Jesus responds, neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, do not sin anymore. Jesus has received the confession of her guilt. He has offered a path of freedom from what she deserves. He offers mercy, and later he will pay the price for her sin. Every time we go to confession, we too receive the same assistance that this woman received. When we are trapped in our sinfulness, Jesus provides a way out. He offers us mercy, and his offer is our only way to freedom. It's our only way to escape with our souls intact. Without accepting Jesus' offer, we face the mob by ourselves, the devil and his minions, and they will patiently wait for the worst moment to spring the trap on us. But Jesus is here for us. He waits to share with us his mercy. He desires to shield us from the consequences of our sins. And so, brothers and sisters, I guess one of my last pleas to you as I conclude my time here is to use the sacrament of reconciliation whenever you need to. Jesus offers us freedom. He offers us healing. 
He offers us his mercy. And there's no other way to escape our guilt. Jesus is the only way we can avoid getting what we deserve. And so I'd, I'd invite you to, between now and Easter, if you haven't already done so, make a good confession during this Lenten season. Especially if you haven't gone a long time. Don't be afraid. Jesus is gentle and he waits for us. He wants to share with us his mercy. I'll close with a prayer. Receive my confession, O most loving and gracious Jesus. You are my only hope for salvation. Grant to me true contrition of soul, O good Jesus, who gave yourself in death on the cross to save sinners. Look upon me, have pity on me, and give me the light to know my sins, true sorrow for them, and the courage to seek reconciliation for them. Lord Jesus Christ, most merciful Savior of the world, we humbly beseech you by your most sacred heart that all the sheep who stray out of your fold may one day be converted to you, the shepherd of their souls. O oh, my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, and lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy.